because I, I just, you know, yeah, you guys, you guys are a little bit more awake than first service, and I love it. Um, so you guys ready just for what God's going to do this morning? Amen. Amen. Deanna and I, um, if, if it's your first time here, this is also kind of, sort of, my first time here. I, I have a history. I have a history. I have a long history. But um, Deanna and I were pastors on staff here for about nine years, almost a decade. And God called us away. Um, uh, Deanna, my wife, uh, felt a strong leading into the, the, um, uh, to continue her education in the medical field. And so that happened eight years ago, and then now God has taken us full circle into a wild ride, which is what a relationship with Jesus is, right? A wild and crazy journey that wouldn't happen any other way, and I'm back with a fresh attack. So, <laughs> Shawn Michael's back. Um, and I'm just so excited to be here. Um, so I did some stuff this week, and I, again, I have a, I have a long friendship with uh, Brent and Tiana. I was on um, Brent's worship team when I was 15 years old. Um, we first met when I was playing congas, and then I was on his worship team at Living Waters Fellowship Church in Pierce, South Dakota, and he was my worship pastor, and I, I looked up to him like a rock star, and I still do, honestly. And, um, and I had a little drum machine. We didn't have a drum set yet. I had a little plastic drum machine, and I would play drums on this drum machine backing up Pastor Brent back then. And it was, it was on a pulpit, a uh, wooden pulpit like this, and I'd play it, and it was plastic, so it slid. So it was like I was typewriting. I would play for a little bit, then push it back. Playing the drums a little solo, push it back. <laughs> That's how we started. And I can remember my 15-year-old self being a little upset that God was calling Brent and Tana to Rapid City to plant a church. <laughs> I, remember, I remember being upset because he was taking away my rock star friend. And, um, you know, it's, it's so cool to see the whole picture now. And um, just an amazing, amazing, uh, incredible story. It's almost like God had the thing planned. <laughs> and, and so there was back in 2001... It was my first year on staff. I was hired, by the way, uh, the first time on April Fool's Day, 2001. So I think this is just a big joke. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, and, and back in that day, the signs that you see out in front of the building, I, my, my brother is a graphics designer, and I worked with him, and we made that logo back in 2001. And um, so we've, we've had that uh, sticking around for a while. And I asked Brent and Tana a couple months ago, I said, what would you think? Is the, is the, is the church okay with, like, lighting a little fire to that, that logo and, and giving something a little bit new? And, and they, they said yes. So I, I want to honor uh, all, you know, I, I want to honor so much our founding pastors, um, rock stars, right? Yeah. And, um, and so I... I came up with this logo that we kind of released and we put on everything online this week. And what do you think about fire to represent who we are as destiny? Doesn't that just feel like destiny? You know, and, um, and so, I'm, you know, it's just a logo. But I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, a guy that, that likes to tell the story of who Jesus is. I, I like to call myself a digital storyteller. And um, I think marketing can very much be ministry. And I think it is ministry. And the, the way a lot of people first come across a church is online. And so this week we, we also, we had the opportunity, we, were, we had a, um, uh, a deal where our, our current, our older website provider was kind of ending a season. And I, I do websites on the side. I've, it's kind of like the side hustle that I've been doing for a lot of years. And so we, we kind of blew up the website this week and we launched a new one with the new logo and the branding. And I'm, I, I don't know if you guys get excited about websites, but I get excited about websites. And I'm excited for everything, um, all the stuff that I believe God has just put in Pastor Deanna and ours hearts to just... Uh, Light this place on fire. Is that okay to say? <laughs> in, a, in a Holy Spirit fire kind of way where everything just burns brighter and hotter and, and, you know, just let God release God for all that he has for us as a family. So thank you so much for welcoming my family. And, um, you know, we just felt so, it just feels like this week, my first week back in the office again, it just felt like being back home. 
and, you know, had the first staff meeting, and I think it was halfway through the staff meeting before I realized, oh, I'm leading this thing now. <laughs> and it just felt like old times, and I was just like, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, we, it, just, it just really does. It feels like home, and it is. It is home. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so just really quickly, um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm the announcements guy this morning, so I want to tell you just a few things. You can always look in your bulletin, of course, go to our website and check everything out there. But I want to tell you and invite you to worship in the park this Tuesday. Our Harp and Bowl crew that is just so faithful to meet every Tuesday night here at the church is not going to be at the church this week, but we're going to be at Memorial Park. And we do want to invite you to release the sound at Memorial Park with our Harp and Bowl crew. And so um, just uh, join us um, along the path next to the parkway there, and we will do that. We will release the sound. And um, so you're invited. I want to invite my rock star friend up, Pastor Brent Parker. Would you welcome him this morning? I asked him this morning if I could still call him the Big Kahuna, and he said yes. You can call me the Big Kahuna (laughs) if you want to. Um, so it is so good. We're so happy to have our pastor here. We're so excited when Pastor Deanna gets back to welcome the full senior pastor package. That's a great alliteration, senior pastor package. But we are so thankful to have Sean here. I told him after first service this morning, it was great out of the gate. And so you guys are going to love the word that he brings this morning. I do want to say, Nick, you were right when Sean, when I told Nick Reed what we were going to do and, and uh, when we were planning the transition and who was coming, he, uh, he said, well, it's going to be like Hall and Oates are together again. <laughs> so, uh, or DeGarmo and Key, whichever you, you prefer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, the reason I'm up here this morning is not to preach. I just wanted to share with you guys, you don't have to be a musician to come to the seminar that we're about to do. We're going to do what's called encounter-driven songwriting. Tan and I have been doing this teaching and training for a few years now. And uh, you don't have to be a musician. We will actually have some musicians there to help facilitate the whole process. We have people on our songwriting team that really, more than music, bring revelation. I dreamed about this. The Lord is speaking this to me. And that becomes the seedbed for the songs that we sing as a church. We believe you have a sound. There's something that God has placed on the inside of you. And so I invite you this weekend, Friday, we're going to start at 6.30. We'll go to about 9 or 9.30. And then Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, we'll go to about 3 or 4 in the afternoon. And you will write a song with a team of people. We'll break you into teams. We'll walk you through. I'm going to give you some tools to help you write a song. Pastor Tana is going to be leading this with me. She's going to teach on encountering God. We're going to have encounters with God together. And out of that encounter is going to come some amazing songs. So if you can join us, you can go to facebook.com slash crosswindworship. If you go there, you can sign up online right now so that we kind of know how many are coming. But even if you don't sign up right now, you can even sign up at the door. It's $40 a person. Don't miss out. It's going to be amazing. Sweet. I hooked it up, man. You can even register on Destiny's website. So (laughs) how many senior pastors can say that they have a Brent Parker on staff? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) It's going to be some, I have some jealous friends. Um, and, of course, check the bulletin for everything, but I want to highlight also the men's barbecue going out to Nick Reed's cabin. I'm going to crash the cabin, and so connect with Nick or Thyron and, and um, be kind of a launching time for the, the men's Bible study. So check that out. So, um, you know, before I start, uh, I just want to say, um, I just... I just have to, I feel like I have to say it because I, I love our founding pastors so much. Brent and Tana really are very dear to us, to Deanna and I. Um, thank you, God, for Brent and Tana Parker. Amen? Yes. I mean, um, I just, I love them so much. I love Destiny, this church that they have been so faithful to, to build, you know, with um, the leading of the Holy Spirit and Jesus being at the center of it all. And, and they, they've just said so many kind things about us um, these last few weeks. I've been listening to uh, Pastor Brent uh, preach the whole transition series, and I've been in tears every week as I've been, been hearing that. But I, c- I can remember Brent eight years ago on the stage as, as they were, we were having the farewell service here. 
And, you know, he was, he was saying this thing, well, I, I think of you as a peer and I think of you as a brother. And in my mind, I can remember thinking, I don't know if that's true. I, I just really didn't feel like that. But there must be some kind of truth to it because when they called me up and asked me to be the senior pastor, it, it, blew my, it blew my mind. It literally, it took my breath away. And um, I, I was coming back from a, to a winter retreat and I got that call and I just couldn't believe it. But these guys have just always been such a, a huge support to me. Um, our district supervisor, Sam, when he was here last week during the, the installation service, um, was joking about Chana running this place. And, you know, I, you know, the thing is, we were all kind of nervous laughing in this room because everybody knows it's true, right? <laughs> and, and, and as I was... And I was I'm just, yeah. And, and so as I was walking around here on Tuesday morning during our staff prayer time, I couldn't help but see all the handiwork of Pastor Tiana. Man, what, just an incredible uh, pastor and leader of God and just so faithful. And, and she's one of my favorite preachers. I mean, she can light the place on fire when she, when she preaches. And, um, you know, every, every corner of this room, though, as I was just going around, it has Tiana's handy, handiwork on it, doesn't it? You can walk around this room and you can just see her. Um, and so, you know, her commitment to excellence and to honor everyone who walks through this door is just, is just amazing. Tana read that email last week, if, if you were here, um, an email that we were sharing. There was a lot of emails that went back and forth and questions that were, you know, just having conversations when we were kind of in the process. And that, that question that I asked was very real. You know, I was saying, this is personal, but why me? Because I was asking that question a, a lot. This seems like a, a big, you know, thing. Why me? Why us? And, you know, her, her response, I've read that email so many times, and I cried again as she read it to us last week. Um, and I don't, I don't know if anyone, I don't know if there's anyone that I know who has ever given honor the way that these two give honor to people um, and I know that you guys probably sitting in this place this morning have experienced that. And, you know, I'm, I'm, if there was a gold medal for giving honor, I think it would be given to you guys. I'm just, I'm just so incredibly thankful for our friendship and for you following the dream, uh, that seed that God planted in your heart um, to plant Destiny Foursquare Church. What, a, what an amazing thing. I mean, so the, this is Brent this week in the office. This is, this is no joke. I'm, I finished the staff meeting, and he says, awesome staff meeting, Sean. And, and I, I, I print something out on the printer. The colors are amazing, Sean. Um, I, I walk into the room. Those are awesome shoes, Sean. <laughs> that, that was him all this week, you know. Um, <laughs> they, I, I, yeah, he might mean it. I don't know. I, <laughs> but... but the way, the way you guys even honored us um, last week um, just blows me away. It, it reminded me so much of how you honored us when we left. And, um, and man, what a journey it has been, you know, these, these eight years. Like, I could take a, a whole service just telling the story of, of kind of what's happened the, late, the last eight years, but I won't. Um, here's the thing, though. Um, I'm so thankful for every step along the way, but hear me this morning. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that we landed here. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it is, it's home. And uh, so it, it just kind of uh, still taking my breath away. But when, I, when we told my, my oldest daughter, some of you know Autumn, um, she did, both Autumn and Cynthia uh, were seven and eight when we first kind of in, uh, came into the Destiny family. And um, she just went into immediate tears and she said, oh, I can see the whole picture now, is what she said. And it uh, just kind of brought tears to my eyes. So full circle, I mean, um, you've heard Brent share some of the story. We just have a long history, and it's, and it's just like God had a plan. <laughs> and uh, so um, I do want to say, I want to uh, send greetings from Pastor Deanna. I have a picture here. Um, she's leading a team. <laughs> she's leading a team of 12 in Honduras. Um, we love uh, missions, and we've got, a, we've got a dear friend that's on the missionary field in Honduras. I've, I've done this trip with some young adults, um, and uh, I, I planned this trip for some of our Foursquare family, our church family down there. And I, I love planning family trips. There's three families on this trip, uh, and then a couple uh, single adults and a couple single students. But God's doing some amazing things. Down there in Honduras this week, um, I've been getting texts and updates and pictures from them. 
And you can actually, if you follow, if you friend me on Facebook or, or, or look up Bell and Kellen Honduras, you'll get to see some of, some of those pictures. I, I, the, the missionary that she's with, her name is Tiffany. I called her, her the Honduran gangster because God just, she has no fear. Um, one time I was, I was with her down there in Honduras, and um, we were invited into the, um, the, basically the, cart, the, the, the drug dealers that run the town, the, kind of the cartel, they invited us to do ministry to their employers. And we went through three layers of security of guys whose arms were bigger than my head. And, you know, it was like a movie theater, and uh, it was like a movie scene where, where we kind of, they're standing here like this, and they let us through. And my favorite memory, my favorite, well, I've got a couple, but one of my favorite memories is when we were leaving, and I saw three of those guys standing there with tears running down their eyes with all that God had done through the ministry. So I'm just, I'm just so, I'm excited um, for them to get, maybe get to share a little bit of their story. My two daughters, Bella and Kellett, it's their first time doing something like this, so I think they're probably going to come back with an orphan or two, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, God's just... Um, wrecking them this week in, a, in an incredible way. So they send their greetings. Um, so this morning, um, before we pray, I want to look at two passages of scripture that we're going to just kind of hang this message on this morning. Um, and so you can open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And so I'm going to read it to you. This letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he promised through faith in Christ Jesus. And I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God that I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did, night and day, and I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. That is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. Okay, I want you to flip over. I just love it. I, I barely have to do anything, and you guys are like shouting and waving hankies. So um, I just, just read some scripture. Yes, amen, I love it. Okay, Genesis 2 is where, the, where we're going for this other one, and let me just read it to you. This is, if you want to flip there, it's Genesis 2, 7. It says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So this morning, my message title is, It's In You. So um, would you turn to the person sitting next to you, get into the personal space, and say this. Say, neighbor, I want to let you know, it's in you. <laughs> so how did that go? How did that go? Now, now if that person... If that person didn't believe you and they still need a little Jesus, I want you to turn to the other neighbor. <laughs> and I want you to say, other neighbor, please believe me when I tell you that it's in you. Right on. So if you believe that God's got something that's in you that's going to change your family, that's going to change your school, that's going to change the environment that you live in, would you just give him a little praise here this morning before we get started? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father God, we just give this time to you this morning. Uh, we, um, we just ask, Lord, that uh, you would speak this morning. Not anybody up on stage, not Pastor Sean, but we want to hear a rhema word from you, a direct word from the throne room. God, we just thank you for your word. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. So looking at our scripture in Genesis again, God created us from dirt. God created us from the dirt of the earth. So if you've ever attempted to be anointed and arrogant, let me just remind you, I want to take you back to Genesis 2, verse 7, because the Bible lets us know that we came from good old dirt. <laughs> so look at the person next to you again, and I want you to say, we all came from dirt. So think about all the things that we do for our dirt. Serious. What do we, what do, we do for you got up this morning and you washed your dirt? Right? As a camp speaker, 
I, I was, I was our uh, camp speaker for one of our district camps in Missouri. I, I was sharing a message kind of based on these same scriptures, and I said, I hope you all washed your dirt this morning. <laughs> I hope you put on some deodorant. Um, but you guys, you washed your dirt this morning. Um, maybe, you know, you put some makeup on your dirt. Some of you guys, you get manicures for your dirt. Others, you do pedicures. Some of, you know, and, and let me just, we do a lot for our dirt, right? And, and so we won't go into this this morning, but how many millions of dollars were spent in our country this year on dirt surgery. <laughs> you can get a dirt lift. You can get a dirt suction. Um, so if you need a visual, I, I love this. I love that Destiny gives, gives our offerings in, in these planners because this is perfect for my message this morning. I, I took it away from there so nobody, like, um, you know, left the church when they saw what, what is going on here. This, is, this place is, but I, I've got some dirt here this morning that I wanted to put my fingers in. And um, you know, sometimes it's just, we're made from dirt. God made us from dirt. And, 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 and so God shaped us and formed us. And, and, and you know, this, this is the thing, you know, about this. It made, it made me think about this a little bit. Is if you ever, have you ever, maybe you've thought about this. Um, but dirt has never had a positive connotation in our culture, has it? You know, you, you watch your mouth. You have a dirty mouth. You know, don't look at that magazine. It's it's dirty, or you know, or if or if you talk to someone that's very frugal, they're as cheap as dirt. Okay, and so I had issues with this for a while because everything that my God does is beautiful, right? He's the creator of of the the universe. Uh, he's an artist. You can't touch the God that we serve, right? And, and he's an incredible artist. He designs everything with beauty. God is the interior designer of heaven. He he did the streets in gold and the gates in pearl. And, and so when he gets ready to create us, his prized possession, the one he sent his son to the to earth for, he uses dirt. Everybody, have you ever say, what's up, Jesus? <laughs> you, ever, you ever say that, what's up, Jesus? Come on. So, you know, how, does, how, does, how do we respond when you start looking at that? Here's the thing. Here's the thing this morning. Let's see if you're with me. You ought to praise God this morning on the first Sunday in August of 2018 because you serve a God that is holy, number one, but he's not afraid to work with things that are dirty. You serve a God who is awesome, but he's not afraid to work with things that can be downright awful. And when everybody else is trying to stay away from dirt and stay clean, God says, bring that dirt to me. I'm going to put my hands in that dirt, and I'm going to shape that dirt, and I'm going to breathe life into that dirt, and it'll become a living soul and a living being with purpose. And so, this morning I want to say to you, God loves to work with dirt. <laughs> and you don't need a perfect situation for God to get the glory of it. Some of you have issues that have issues, and you should praise God that he works with dirt. <laughs> so, God specializes... God specializes, I think this is a Bobism. So if this is copyrighted, let me know. God specializes in taking a great mess and turning into greatness. God specializes in taking a great mess. If it's not a Bobism, it should be. You should add it to the book. <laughs> can, we go, can we go a little bit deeper? You've got to understand something else about dirt. Dirt is the only environment that is conducive for a seed. You can't put a seed in gold or diamonds, can you, and expect it to grow. If a gardener doesn't place a seed in the dirt, it'll never reach its full potential. So the good news is that God is a great gardener. And although you came from dirt, there is a seed of greatness that is in you. That seed inside of you is a gift from God, and I think that we Owe it to God and to ourselves to use that for his glory. So I'm praying that this morning, you know, when the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to what that, that seed is that's in us. And so that seed that God in, put inside of you, and, and I, I would say maybe he's even waiting for some of us to figure out what he's put in us. That's why the scripture says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's Christ that's in me that's the hope of glory. 
So give someone a holy slap next to you, and I want you to say, you've got a seed inside of your holy dirt. <laughs> Don't hurt them. Don't hurt them. It's a holy slap. <laughs> Let's go back to 2 Timothy. Let's put up that scripture. Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, who's in his youth group. And scholars and theologians, they're, they're telling us that this book is the very last thing that the Apostle Paul wrote. And you'll appreciate that more when you realize that Paul is writing to Timothy from a jail cell. He's literally waiting in a jail cell, waiting for the moment to be executed. And of all the things that he could have been doing, he's writing Timothy this letter. So why is that good to know? There's something about knowing that you're about to die that clarifies what's really important, isn't it? And you want to know that everything that you're doing in the last minutes would carry weight and significance because you're running out of time. So Paul writes to Timothy about how to stir up the gift of God that's in him. And he's, and he's thinking to himself, I've got to remind him that there's a treasure in him. I've got to remind him that there's a seed that God put inside of him that he's got to stir it up. Can somebody say stir it up real loud this morning? Say You've got a seed inside of you this morning, and you've got to stir it up. So why, why would this be the thing that Paul does? Why would he write about this? Because ultimately, I think this is the big question that we need to answer with our life. What are you going to do with your gift? What are you going to do with the seed that God put in you? So when you get to heaven, God's not going to be concerned with how many tears you cried at the altar or how many minutes you spent in your devotional time. But what he's going to ask you is, what did you do? With the gift, what did you do with that seed that I put inside of your dirt? That dream that I put in you. Are you exhaling what I breathed into you when I breathe that dirt into life? What are you doing with your gift? So that's what should wake us up every morning. What am I doing with the gift that God has given me? And if I'm honest with you, you want to get to know me a little bit. I'll tell you a little story. I'm afraid of snakes. <laughs> when I had, when I had my, my house in Rapid City, I would mow the lawn and I'd be doing like a little Pentecostal dance sometimes with all the gardener snakes. <sighs> yes. And um, I, I can remember, this is very vivid in my mind, the this, this, this same camp I was talking about earlier in Missouri. Um, it's known for its snakes. There's actually snakes that climb trees. Did you guys know this? And they like fall down from the trees in Missouri. It's like... My nightmare. <laughs> and we would go there. I go to this campground every single year. And I was, I was closing up one of the messages as a camp speaker one year. And I saw this commotion happening in the background. And what I found out later is that one of our junior leaders had left early to go prepare the snack shack and get it ready. Some of you guys know what camp's all about. It's all about the snack shack. <laughs> and, and so this, she was going to get the snack shack ready. She had open-toed shoes on. As soon as she stepped on the concrete slab, a baby copperhead came out bitter on, on her ankle. And uh, thank, thank the Lord, her parents were right there. They got a snake kid and pumped out the venom as much as they could right away. They took her to the hospital, which was 10 miles away. And when they got to the hospital, her leg up to here was purple. And, um, you know, I'm hearing this story and I'm like shaking. You know, I'm, I'm like, there's trees, there's snakes falling from the trees, you know. And, and so they get there and they're out of anti-venom. And so they have to go to the next hospital, which is 10 miles down the road. By the time they get there, her leg was black. And they were so concerned. You know, we were praying. God did the miraculous. She didn't lose anything. She's, she's totally fine. And, and uh, you know, Maddie, she's a PK. They, they named a, a snake bite drink after her at the snack shack. So it's all in her honor. <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, snakes, I have a healthy fear of snakes. And, and you know what else I, I, I want to have a healthy fear of in my life is is I want to have a healthy fear of, you know, what would happen if I don't use or grow or stir up that gift, that seed that God has planted in me. I want to, you know, wake up in the morning and I, you know, it's not, a, my spiritual walk isn't about what I do. It's not about works or anything in my strength. I mean, God loves me regardless of what I do with my seed, but he put it there for a purpose. And why not ask him to stir it up and live my life to the full and do what he's, the, with, use the gift that he's given me, right? And so I've just never believed that, you know, 
church is supposed to be a place of comfort, but it's supposed to be a place of releasing and stirring up and, and you know, doing something uh, to affect change on this planet Earth. So, you know, this is, this is a filling up station and a releasing station and a growing station. And so, you know, I just don't want my gift to lie dormant. And so... I want to walk in the purpose and the plans that he crafted and he shaped for me. So, you know, do you think, do you think we do church that so we can feel good? It's not about that really, is it? It's not about that. It's, it's, I think that's how we can operate sometimes in, in, in American culture, maybe even, even more so. But here's the thing. We'll be held responsible for everything that's been poured into us and what's been given to us. So do something with the gift that's inside of you. Amen. So I heard this quoted recently, the tragedy of life is not death, but rather what we let die in us while we yet live. The tragedy of life is not death, but rather what we let die in us while we yet live. So don't let, don't let the gift of God die while it's inside of you. There's a gift and a desire that God has put in you that God wants to use to bring transformation to the environment that you go into. You know that you're a carrier of his, for his fame and his glory, and that you can, can transform whole environments because you're carrying him with you. I, I, Miles Monroe, he's an evangelist. He believed that the wealthiest spot on earth is not found in gold or diamonds, and this is what he said. He said, I don't think that the wealthiest spot on earth is in the oil wells of Iraq or even the hidden treasures of the oceans. He says, I'm convinced that the wealthiest spot on earth is a cemetery. Because buried in the cemetery are dreams that never became reality. Buried in the cemetery is music that was never played and sermons that were never preached and visions that never became reality. God wants to tell you this morning, it's on your notes, do not let the cemetery get your gift. Take that gift that's inside of you, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and somebody say, stir it up. up. And do something for the kingdom of God. Now, at our Missouri camps, we have snakes. In Colorado, we had bears. <laughs> and, and so I don't know. I don't know. Bears are a little bit more, they're furry and a little bit more cuddly, but you, you got to keep your distance. And so let me tell you, I have the fear of God for bears in my life too. In Bayfield, the neighborhood that we lived in, um, we, we would, they would, they would kind of camp out in our neighborhood. Uh, and uh, I can remember one time getting home from Walmart, and I'm emptying out my groceries, and I turn around, and there's Yogi Bear kind of looking at me as I'm carrying my meat into my house, you know. It's <laughs> like, hi. And um, I, we were walking to school one day with the kids. I, I'd walk the kids to the, the, over to the junior high, and we were walking across the road, and just a half a block down the road, there's Mother Bear and the two cubs crossing the road, and I just turned around, and I just walked back to my house because, you know, you got to respect, Right? And so in Bayfield, we, we, um, we had several apple trees on our street. And I don't know if it was those trees that attracted the bears to our house last summer or the leftover ribs they found when they knocked over our trash can the first time. But uh, there were a lot of bears in our neighborhood this last year. And in, and in fact, um, you know, that, that mama bear and her two cubs, we saw them quite often. And... Um, and so we, we, get, we got smart really quick, and we bear-proofed our, we figured out how to bear-proof our garbage. But um, there ain't no bear-proof in the apple trees, and we had lots of apple trees on our, in our street. And so Deanna loved to get, my wife loved to get permission from our neighborhood families and pick the apple trees with the kids. And then she'd make this amazing stuff, apple butter and apple jam and apple pies, glory. I lived the good life. And, and then maybe some of you have done this before, like when you were a kid and you get that apple and you bite into it and there's the seeds in the middle. And you, you, ask, you ask your dad, what's this seed about? And so your dad tells you, well, if you plant that, you can grow an apple tree. And so you get really excited. I could, I could grow an apple tree? I'm going to go in the backyard and I'm going to do that right now. How many of you have kids that have done that right? Like as soon as they, yeah. So they, they, they put it in the backyard and they cover it with dirt. And they go to school the next day and they come back. And what's the first thing they do? They go to the backyard and say, where's my apple tree, right? <laughs> and they go to bed and they wake up the next morning and there's no apple tree. And then pretty soon they're starting to get a little upset because, Dad, why did you lie to me about the apple tree? <laughs> And then so they go to dad and say, why did you lie to me? And dad, the truth layers that tend to be, of course, he responds with, have you done anything with the seed since you planted it? 
So there's a responsibility that we have to water the seed and take care of it, right? And so, have you done anything with your seed since it's been planted? There's, there's, a, there's a time where, where Father God or Father, he responds to the son and he says, stop crying like a baby, go get the water hose and let's take care of our seed. <laughs> Of course, God says it with a little more grace. <laughs> See where I'm going? Some of you think that God has lied to you about the promise and the power that he said would manifest in your life. He wasn't lying. He wasn't. But you've got to do something with the seed that was planted in you. You've got to stir up what God's put in you. Somebody say, stir it up. Stir it up. Somebody say, stir it up. Stir it up. Some of you need to stir past what other people have said and they think about you. Some of you need to stir past that stinking thinking. Some of you need to stir past what happened in your life a long time ago and quit crying about God wants you to stir up the seed that he planted in you. And so what happens you when you stir it up and you start digging around and you start fanning into flame, the things that God has put in you is you pull out a treasure and I'm getting dirt everywhere. <laughs> Royce, can you take care of that, please? No. <laughs> there, you get in the picture, there is a gift, there is a treasure, there is a seed that has been planted in your dirt. You're made of dirt, but we have a good, good gardener. God loves to work with dirt. God loves to work with dirt. God loves to work with dirt. I, I, I remember the scene where, you remember where, um, you, you know, at the, at the place at the, uh, where the, the stone was rolled away at the tomb, and Mary was there, and it, and it says that, you know, Jesus kind of revealed himself to her, and it says he was, he was messing with the, the, uh, the, the garden. I, I think he's just, he, was, he was playing gardener even there in that scene. He's like, surprise, it's me. And he's like, oh, it's Jesus. You know, God is a gardener. And he loves, he loves to work with the dirt. Somebody say, stir it up. Stir it up. Once, once you begin to stir up, you begin to see that, hold on, wait a minute. You put something in me that's bigger than me. Because you're a good, good God that likes to give good gifts. And once you stir it up, you begin to see that there's a gift inside of you, that there's a treasure in the midst of the dirt. I'm going to take off my, my watch because I've got dirt all inside of it. So what's, what's great about this is that none of you knew that was in there except for me and maybe some of you that are you know, left over from the first service because I was the one that put it in there. Father God, put that gift in you. If you've ever had naysayers, and they've said things like, you know, they come up to you and you say, you know what, I, I, really, I, I really don't see you doing that much for the kingdom of God. You know, I, I really don't see, you know, this youth group growing. I really don't see a revival coming to this city. And they're waving their finger. You know, I really don't know if your church is going to do anything because you're behind the Kmart strip mall. You know, and, and you can say, and you can respond, and you can answer. I can understand that you don't see anything. You didn't put anything in me. But there's a God in heaven that put a gift that's inside of me. And as soon as you see it, <laughs> you're going to see something that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. So somebody say, stir it up. Stir it up. It's in you, but God is waiting for you to stir it up. So every person in this room has a gift, everybody. And there's something in you that God has given you to bring glory to him. And when that happens, that's something to celebrate. It's like a second birthday. You know, when you figure out why you were born, you we're given a purpose, and you were given a seed, and man, that's something exciting to sell. This, this house, this house, when I think about this house, I think about a, a house that has a DNA of, of worship in it, because our founders have a DNA of worship in them, and so some of you are going to be an amazing gift to the body of Christ because of your musical and artistic ability. How many of you, music speaks to you, like, deeply? Um, that's me. Music speaks to me. Well, I believe we've got some revival generation songwriters in this room that need to be at the class on Friday and Saturday so you can learn how to release that song. 
Release that song, release that sound that's inside of you and let that seed grow up in you. You've got something in you. So what's your gift? Maybe your gift is your personality. You ever think about that? Your smile is your gift and you walk into a room and your smile just lights the place on fire because God gave you that seed in you to, to be a carrier of his glory and to just change the environment when you walk into the room. That's, that's a seed that can grow up in you. You're carrying the light of Jesus with you, with your smile, wherever you go. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have a gift. Maybe you're thinking, you know, because, you know, I, you don't have a stage gift or a, a gift that's platformed, you know, on, in the church. Well, you know, I can't preach like Pastor Tana. I can't sing like Pastor Brent. Uh, but let me tell you something. If God has given you a gift to use off the stage, praise God for you. Because God wants you to be a carrier of his name behind, beyond these walls. And so if you're a school teacher, let me tell you this morning, you're not just a school teacher, but you're God's representative in the classroom. You're showing the students Jesus right where y'all at. And so if you're a student, you're God's representative to that campus that you're walking on to show what Jesus looks like when he walks into a room. <laughs> and and, and I, I love to do this. You're not just a businessman. You're not just a, a marketplace worker. You're not just a donut maker. Some of you, you might be in this room this morning, and, and when I talk about donuts, there's just a fire that lights up inside of you. Some of, some of you, it's because you want to eat the donuts. That's a different story. But maybe, maybe that passion, that gift, that seed that God put inside of you is to make donuts, and that's what lights your fire. And so you're God's representative when you bake that donut. And let me explain that. You make good donuts your donuts are in demand and you start making lots of cash and that cash is invested in your business and marketing and promotion and marketing is ministry, like I said earlier, and in the local church that you're a part of and word starts getting out how good your holy donuts are and you start to expand and you're planning stores in different cities all while you're treating your employees with excellence and making the best donuts that you can and showing the world what it looks like to be an honorable businessman and woman in the marketplace. And so so now you're making buku donut cash and your organization starts supporting mission works and the unreached people groups and you're, you, you sew into the local church and the news and website articles start talking about your donuts and when they ask, to what do you owe the success? You point back to the maker of all donut makers <laughs> and the Lord of your very creation and you say the creativity of the creator is in me. All glory and all honor and all praise and all accolades go to him first. He's the one that breathed life in me and the reason that I do everything that I do and everything that I set my hands to and you are able to profess and give glory to God because your amazing donut making ability and gift has given you a worldwide platform to shout for his fame and for his glory. And so when you get to heaven and there's a bunch of people looking at you and they say, you're the donut man. Thank you, God, for you and your donuts. Thank God for your gift and that seed that's inside of you. Maybe your passion this morning is designer jeans. I don't know what it is, but God has planted that seed inside of you. I just put some practical questions on there for, for you. If, if you're asking yourself, what, but what's my seed? What's the thing that God put in me? Here's some questions you can ask yourself really quickly. What do you like to do? Often our God-given abilities are, are, are hidden within our passions. God put that passion inside of you for a reason, so investigate that. Number two. What would you do for free if nobody paid you to do it? <laughs> Don't get caught working for a paycheck instead of a passion. A career is what you're paid to do. A calling is what you are made to do. As scary as it may be, this is, this is something I always said as a youth pastor. I'm a recovering youth pastor of 18 years. <laughs> this is what I would say a lot to my junior and senior hires. The best place you can be is to be asking and seeking and knocking. Just ask them, what's the, what's the gift? What's the thing that you've put inside of me? Number three, what do other people see in you? Others often see things in you that you might not see yourself. So when your brothers and sisters in Christ are calling out that artist gift in you and you think your sketches are just doodles, um, but your friends are seeing works of art, maybe you should consider your gift. And then the last one, what comes easily to you that is difficult for others? So a little, a little warning with this, that the day that you identify your gift 
or the day you start identifying your gift, get ready for the enemy to try to come and steal it because that's what he likes to do. And, and there's nothing to be scared about because the enemy's defeated, right? Enemy's defeated, Satan's been defeated, but it's good to know that you have an adversary that's coming after you because he, he hates it when we as the church, as the body of Christ, begin to, to dig in and say, okay, God, what do you have for me? What do you have that's, that's inside of me, that treasure that's inside of me? So God wants a return on what he invested in your life. Look at the parable of the talents in Matthew, right? Um, but listen, God's the one that knows everything about you. Bring your gift to God so he can show you why you went through some of those things that you went through. And he'll give you the full picture story, the full circle story. And he'll speak to that and he'll show you how to use your gift. When you use your gifts for God's glory, when you pursue, you know, the things that um, he's planted in you, he will platform you for, for his kingdom and for his glory. Not for any kind of glory for you, but for his kingdom work. And it will be so much more fulfilling than anything that you could do in your own effort. If you want to live a life full and abundant, pursue the things that God's planted deep inside of you. So James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift comes down from God. It's our job now to give it back to the creator. So here's, here's, here's what I want to wrap up with. Here's where I want to land with this this morning is just, just remind us that <laughs> we're made of dirt. But God cleans up and makes us new and he's planted a gift in our dirt that he wants to grow in us because he's a good gardener. So let's start doing the work this morning of watering and getting some sunlight and taking care of that gift so we can honor that work which God has already begun in us. Would you pray with me? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're just at a place where you're thinking to yourself, well, Pastor Sean, that's all good. You know, you're talking about gifts and and I just, I, you just don't know me. You don't know where I'm at. You don't know where I come from. You don't know my history. You're thinking, man, I'm so dry and cracked and broken and spent. And you just, if you knew my story, you wouldn't be talking about gifts. You wouldn't be talking about fanning a flame. You wouldn't be talking about stirring up a seed. And I just want to say to you this morning, first of all, that God crafted you. He shaped you. He formed you. And even if you are in a place of brokenness right now, he makes all things new. And he takes dirt. All of us in this room this morning, he takes dirt and he breathes life into it. And he makes everything new. Only God can do that. And so maybe you haven't invited Jesus into your story. I just want to give you the opportunity to say yes to the plan, the purpose, and the seed that God has planted in you. Just to say yes and to surrender to Jesus this morning. So if that's you and you want to say yes this morning with no pressure, we're not going to have you do anything crazy or anything, but would you just raise your hand and say yes, I want, to, I want to be that person. I want to say yes to Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. Would you all pray this after me? Would you say, Father God, I give you my life. Shape me, mold me, craft me, plant that seed in me. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for giving yourself on the cross. Thank you for giving yourself. So I can live my life free from sin. I can live my life with purpose. I give it all to you. In your mighty name, we pray. Amen. Would you just celebrate with me those that prayed that prayer this morning? Would you stand with me? Father God, we just, we just say thank you. We just, say thankful for, we just say thank you for who you are, first of all. You are a good gardener. Lord, and, and we just say thank you that you're a God that loves to give good gifts, Lord. And you planted seeds in us with a desire to see us grow. Not to just be passive and just be kind of sit in our comfortable church seats, but you've called us to do something with the gift that you planted inside us. So God, I just pray that this morning, and this is your desire, just, just put out your hands, say, release those dreams in me. Grow that seed in me. And open my eyes to all that you have for me.
Send me and release me. In your mighty name. Can we just sing that that bridge, Brent? Father God, we just seal that time, this time this morning with that truth. God, you are the ultimate makeover artist. God, thank you for releasing the seed that you put in us. God, we say thank you for who you are and what you're going to do in us this morning. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God. Amen. So if you have a prayer need, if you want to um, connect with somebody, um, we have an altar team that would love to pray with you this morning. And I just, I can't wait to say it. Go out and give them heaven.